0: Uh, That brings us to today, today, our Christmas series. We're using the the title, The Greatest Story Ever Told. The Greatest Story Ever Told. And I don't know about you, but I love me a good story. I love that. Uh, And my kids have gotten older. We don't sit down and just read with them as much as we used to. And and I look back at those times, and, and in the middle of the times when my kids were really little, like it almost sometimes felt like a hassle to take the time and to go sit down and read with them. Like, ah, I can't. And, and, but I look back, and it's like I miss that. Any parents miss that as your kids have gotten a little bit older? Reading stories and some of that. I love that. Uh, when I was really little, my favorite book was called Rudy Kazooty Baseball Star. Put that picture up. Come on, somebody. That's a good book right there. And... Uh, <laughs> Some of you are laughing at me. It's a great book written in like nineteen fifty four one of those little golden book things if you had one of those, and it's the story of Rudy Kazutti and his little mouse friend and it is a great book. A few years ago i uh, this book like came to my mind, and I thought, I wonder if i can uh, I wonder if I could find it and I searched on Amazon, and the thing was like. 50 bucks. And I'm like, oh, well, there goes that. Uh, And then I'm like, well, let me check eBay. And someone had one for $4, and I bought it. And so I'm here today with my copy of Rudy Kazooty, Baseball Star. And so page one. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to read it. (laughs) You can read it. I read this to my daughter a few years ago now. She's now like eight. She eight? Okay. They changes every year. I mean, it's hard to keep track of. But I read this to my daughter uh, a, a few years ago now, and she wasn't quite as impressed with it as I was. But it sure was great for me with that. But um, at some level, we jo- we all just love a good story. Uh, and, and whether you're sitting down with a book that just kind of captures your attention, or sitting down and watching a movie, and and you, it just like something that moves you. How many of you you're a reader? And you love to read and like a good novel, sitting down and just reading and snuggling up like that's your thing. And you love that. Yeah, come on. Some of you know who you are. How many of you are not readers and you're like, that sounds like the worst time ever doing that. And I have so much other things to do. Okay. Um, Yeah. And how many of you just love watching movies? Let's see if we got some movie people here. And let's take it to the next step. How many of you love the Christmas Hallmark stuff? or whatever that is. Raise your hand nice and high so we can all judge you. Okay, over here, yeah, we've got that. Uh, but everybody loves, everybody loves a good story, something that entertains you, something that makes you laugh, and something that makes you cry and, and moves you emotionally. I, I was looking through the internet this week, reading stories of random people and they, would, and they would submit stories to this website that I was reading and, and people were sharing them from their life. And some of them were super funny and some of them were, uh, were more emotional and more in, in, in different ways. And, uh, and some of them were short and a quick laugh. One guy wrote this and I loved this. Um, he said, I was eating lunch at a Wendy's when Bill Murray, and he's a famous movie star for the kids who don't know that, Bill Murray sat down at my table stole a french fry, dipped it in my frosty, and ate it. He then looked at me and said, nobody's gonna believe you, and walked away. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I love that. And then some of the stories were kind of sappy and just made you smile. I read this story um, of this man. He was telling the story of when he was a little kid, and apparently their house caught fire Christmas Eve night. And burnt to the ground. Like, toasted the entire home except for the Christmas tree and the presents. And apparently, what happened is mom and dad's king size waterbed was in the floor right above it, and the thing burst and doused the tree and all of the presents with water, and so the entire house burnt, and except for the tree and all the gifts, and the guy was telling the story about how he has that little, he has this little stuffed animal that he got for Christmas that day, and he gave it to his little daughter, and I was reading that, I was like, that's so cool. I love that, and so I love stories, all that, all that kind of stuff, Uh, but today we're not here to talk about random stories like that, And, and I can, we can start a A thing and we can hand this out and you can read it and just get it back to me, okay? But um, today we're here to talk about the Christmas story. The Christmas story, and it's so special. It's so significant. It's interesting. It's filled with all sorts of unexpected things, by the way. And you may not think of it this way. Unexpected characters in the Christmas story. There's supernatural beings that show up. Angels are talking to people. There's relationship conflict. Mary is pregnant and Joseph is not the father. It's a mess. Uh, There's a cute baby. At least we can assume that baby Jesus was cute, I suppose. There's animals in there. Actually, we don't know if there's animals, but they do have a baby being born in an animal barn. So we just like to throw the animals in there, don't we? Okay, there's drama. We have a pregnant girl who's about to burst, and there's no place for them to stay. And we've got that drama in there. We have a wicked king that starts murdering babies trying to kill the baby Jesus, like when you say it all like that, you look at the story and you say, wow, this, the Christmas story really has it all, doesn't it? it? It's an interesting thing. All sorts of chaos, all sorts of beauty intermingled together all along the way. And at the core of the entire story is this incredible God who has done this incredible thing. And so it's worth us looking at this. That's why we celebrate Christmas every single year. It's not just, you know, this is not just about presents and all of that, but it really is about what our God has done. And and over the next few weeks, we're just going to look at it. We're gonna look at different angles and different characters and different themes, different lessons to be learned, but we're also just going to come face to face with a God who loved us so much that he sent his very son. And that's what this is. Is So that sound like a plan? All right, let's go. So please stand with me all over this place and let's read Luke chapter 2, starting in verse number 8. We're going to read a whole pile of scripture. uh, And so get comfortable where you're standing here for a minute because we're going to go through a nice long section. So here's what it says. It says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. let's pray. God, we just kind of take a deep breath and we invite you into this moment right here, right now. God, we know that you are omnipresent. You are everywhere at the same time, but there's also just moments when, when you show yourself in different ways, in real ways, and we're just asking that even as we look to the Bible today, the very word of God, that this would be a significant moment for us. We're not just here to do churchy stuff we really want to hear from you and your word and so God we pray for that God use me and help me let none of this be about me God and every part be about you and what you have and so Lord we give this to you in your name we pray amen amen all right give somebody a high five and have a seat all right you ready here we go ready somebody said over here ready Uh, Today we're going to skip right to the middle of the Christmas story and the reason is uh, is that Christmas Eve I really want us to look at the story of Mary and Joseph and and Jesus being born in that way and all of that and so uh, today we're looking at one of kind of the side stories of the Christmas story which I love that we have this from different angles. And so we have the story of Mary and Joseph and, and the story of them traveling and everything that happened to them. And then you have these random side stories, which are uh, the shepherds and then the wise men, which we'll talk about next week. And they don't, none of these people like know each other and they're all coming from different angles and different places and different uh, lives and all this. And they come together in this. And, and so today we're looking at the story of the shepherds. And the challenge for us is to take this story that we have heard over and over and over again, a story that's been told since we were children. We've known this. We grew up like it's been portrayed on stages and made into movies. And and the challenge is for us to take a story like this and to sort of look at it in a new way, in a a fresh way, and to put ourselves into the shoes maybe of the people and, and learn and grow as we see what happened and how they responded. I mean, you know the story of the shepherds. They're out in the fields. You could, you could tell me the story. Uh, you, you could all stand up here and do this part right here. They're out in the fields and they're watching their sheep and it's dark and, and the story says it's night and out of the darkness, an angel appears to them and, and begins to talk to them and the shepherds are scared out of their minds uh, and the angel says, don't be afraid. I bring great news Uh, that will bring joy to all people. And then the angel says to them, Today, in the city of David, in the city of Bethlehem, our Savior has been born. He's going to be the Messiah. He is the Lord. And the the angel says, You'll find him wrapped in this way and, and lying in a manger. And then all of a sudden, the sky fills with what, what the Bible says is a heavenly host. We can only assume we just have massive amounts of angels and heavenly beings that, are, that have filled the sky and lit the entire thing up, and there's singing and declaring glory to God in the highest and all of that, and, and we have this. And then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, it is all gone, and the shepherds are then left with what do we do now? And they look at each other and they say, we've got to go see this thing that has happened. We've got to see this. And they hurry off and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in the manger, just like they had been told. And the shepherds leave that place. They begin to tell everybody uh, what happened to them. And that this baby has been born. The Messiah has been born. That's the story. You know the story. Your five-year-old could tell the story, couldn't they? We We know this. Uh, But here's what we're going to do with this today. I want us to sort of break this up into three different sections, three different parts of this story. And I just believe that there is something so much deeper than maybe we think uh, at the surface. So special, so incredible here in remembering and revisiting the story of the birth of Christ. And I don't want to miss it. Like I I don't want to miss it. There's a phrase that comes up in the story of Jesus, and it's just that I think of it as the innkeeper says to Mary and Joseph, there's no room. And and every year that phrase just kind of challenges me. Do I have room in this Christmas season for Jesus? Is there room? Uh, And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God wants to do in my life and in my heart and in my family here this year. And so uh, I want to encourage you to write some things down Or make a note on your phone if you do that. And so three parts of the story, three pieces. Here's the first. Okay, Number one is this. The shepherds were awakened to what God had done. And as I've been praying this week about this season and our church family, for me, a theme in my mind has just sort of uh, come to light. And that is that I believe that God wants us to be awakened again and again to what He has done. And and what does that mean to be awakened? Well, I mean, in a very literal sense, you're you're sleeping and you wake up to something. But but in, in a mental state, it's it's almost more like, okay, something new just just wakes you up to something. And I was having a conversation with someone uh, this morning, and they were talking about a conversation they had with someone. And the phrase that this gentleman said, he's like, he said it was like in that moment something switched in my mind, and it, something changed for me uh, in a moment. And, and I believe that God wants to, in a way, awaken you to something different and something new even in this series. And, and uh, okay, something comes alive to these shepherds that night. It's, it's a moment for them. And the first half of the story of the shepherds is the stuff with the angels in the field. And and the night starts for them just like any other night. And we could go into all sorts of a study of the shepherds and who they are and how low they were on the totem pole of all of that. Okay, we know, like we can look at all of that, but they are working and they're bored. And uh, maybe they're half asleep. Maybe they're awake. We don't really know. Uh, maybe they're playing some game with the rocks or I don't know what they're doing and uh, in, in all of that. But in a moment, that changed everything changed and it would be more than like it would be a night that they remember for the rest of their lives wouldn't it think about that they would forever remember that moment and for a good reason okay in that moment and we can assume their future was impacted by what they saw and what they heard they had experienced God in a different way in a new way they were awakened to what God had done, and for the shepherds, this awakening was extreme. It was emotional, it was supernatural. We're talking about a supernatural being here, a little, a literal angel of God, showing up to them in all of his brilliance. In fact, the story actually says that the glory of the Lord shone around them, and I don't really even know exactly what that means, but I guarantee it was intense. It was emotional. It was beautiful all at the same time. In fact, the shepherds, the way they respond helps to to understand this moment. They are scared out of their mind. In in that moment, they're emotionally impacted as they experience a supernatural moment they will never forget. The story starts with this awakening, with, with the shepherds having this awakened moment uh, of what God had done. And listen, I'm, I'm not saying that, that we all need to have like this supernatural emotional experience, that that's not what I'm, I'm going, where I'm going with this this Christmas season. But my my prayer for you is that is that you, that I, that we would be awakened to something different in this. As we seek God and as we uh, posture ourselves in that way. That we would say god show me something new show me something different something special and you may have heard this story a hundred times but i'm telling you it can be new and there's something so cool about the bible and the longer that you have been reading the bible the more you realize this that you can read the same scripture over and over and over again and then all of a sudden on the 182nd time you're like wow what just happened And the Bible can come alive in a whole different way. And you're like, how did I never see that? Uh, And it's, it's a beautiful thing that happens. So God, let this cease and be something different. Let this be more than family and friends and gift giving and all of that. Like, God, awaken us to what you have done. That's my prayer. Number two, okay, they were awakened to what God had done. Number two, the shepherds immediately responded and moved toward Jesus. I love this. After all the emotion, after all the chaos, the angels are gone and the shepherds are left with like, now what? They're at a crossroads uh, in their life. A decision needs to be made of how they're going to respond to this. Can you imagine them looking at each other and just like, was that real? Did you see that too? I mean, am I I going crazy or what's happening here? Like picture what's going on in this. this is so nuts. Uh, Life as they know it was comfortable for them. Uh, It was routine. They're doing what they've always done in the way they've always done it, but things are now different, and now they have to decide, how am I going to respond in this moment? And I love the words of the Bible in this part. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Let's go check this out, which the Lord has told us about. Let's go see this thing that has happened. Come on, I love that. In verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. This was originally written in in the language of Greek. We have an English translation. You know, this is ancient. The shepherds didn't speak English, if you didn't know that. They didn't, and so... uh, one of the words that I love here in this to kind of help understand a little bit, the word hurried, the word hurried here uh, is the Greek word spedo, spedo, not not speedo. I can't even believe you thought that, okay? We're unsure, that's weird, okay? But spedo, uh, and, and our English word speed actually comes from this Greek word, from this Greek word spedo, the root of this word. And it says the shepherds hurried but the, like a more literal translation is like, they sped away. They sped. If they had cars, this is them going 90 in a 60. And they're like, okay, we're, we're going. They, they got on their little camels or donkeys, and they're, they're like, let's go! Or I don't know what that would look like. Maybe they ran. In fact, in fact a better translation is in, instead of hurried would just be like, they ran to go see uh, in that way. And, and my prayer for you this season... Is not only that you would just be awakened by God, but that you would like run, that you would run towards him. That, that you would experience him in a way that would cause you to be awakened, but that you would lean in, is what I like to say. To, uh, there's a posture that I want to live my life, that I want to live my life in. And, and you'll you hear me say this like sitting on the edge of my seat. You'll hear me say that. Uh, I want to live my life in that way, leaning in to what God has and what God has doing. When I come to church, like I want, I just have this expectation of, of God, I, like come on, give it to me, I'm ready, I'm open, I'm excited, let's go. And, and I think that in a way that this is key in you experiencing something new and something different. It has to do with the way that you posture yourself. And I don't just mean like stand up straight and okay do it all. It, it, it's a posture of your heart. We've been talking about the heart the last month. There's this posture of your heart that leans in to what God is doing and what God is saying. And, and, and in a way just runs toward him, hurries towards him in that way. They were awakened to what God had, was doing. It was supernatural. It was significant. They respond with, we've got to see this thing. We've got to go. We can't stay here. We can't stay the same. Things are now different. And the Bible says they hurried. They ran to go see this thing that had happened. And and for me, it's just this question. What does it look like for me to lean in to Jesus this this season? And what does that look like for you to sit on the edge of your seat and to prioritize that and to experience him in that way? Uh, James chapter 4. I love this verse. Uh, James actually quotes something from the Old Testament here, but it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Lean in to him and it's like he, you lean in his direction and he leans in yours. Do you, do you hear that? Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Let's be people who take a step towards God this season. Let's be people who lean into what God has done and what God is doing. You can be like everybody else, buy gifts, watch movies, play the songs, spend time with loved ones, decorate the lights and trees and elves and snowmen and whatever else you feel and you can have a beautiful season. After all, it's the most wonderful time of the year with kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be a good cheer, right? All right, Uh, but I want to challenge you. I want to push you. I want to implore you to make this season more than that. Make it more than that. Like, Respond to what God has done through Jesus. Respond to what he has done. Prioritize gathering together with your church family. Prioritize that. Like make that, make that a priority for you. The average, the average per- Christian in America goes to church now like, I don't know, 1.3 times a month. The average church-going person. Like less than half of the week's prioritize going to church let's be the body of christ during this season uh, if this isn't your church family prioritize going to your church okay do do that spend time reading the scripture You can download and find Christmas Bible reading plans that can can take you through the Advent season and read about hope and love and joy and all of that. Uh, Prioritize doing that every single day. If you don't know how to do that, we would love to help you. Come and find one of the pastors. We can help you with that. If you're a parent, parent this season on purpose. Be purposeful with the way that you parent your children. You hear what I'm saying? Because so often we just kind of go through and it's moment by moment. Let's do this on purpose this season. Find time to focus their attention on Jesus and the reason for the season, as we like to say. Read together from the Bible or from a devotional thing. Do that. Pray together. uh, Before you go to bed or whatever else, do that. When, When your children get all excited for Christmas and the gifts and presents and all of that stuff, redirect them slightly and use that. And just say, do you, know, do you know the reason that we give presents and open presents? It's because God gave. You can redirect things in different ways. He's the beautiful gift that was given, and we celebrate that by giving and receiving gifts. Isn't that cool, little Johnny? Okay? Like, and we can talk about that. All right. I don't know where that came from. Okay. Uh, the shepherds, shepherds were awakened to what God had done, and they responded by running to see this thing that had happened. And we can respond, you can respond like that. It's the posture of your heart. That's what that is, the posture of your heart, the attitude that you bring towards this season. Let's be people who run after God. And third, and finally, I love this, the shepherds brought others into the story of Jesus. And we get to the end of the story of the shepherds and I, and I know you caught this part and it's talked about, every time we talk about the shepherds, we bring this up. But uh, this is all we have it, it, about the shepherds, by the way. Everything we read is like the entire story of the shepherds from the Bible. We don't know a whole lot about these people. They don't show up ever again as far as we know up in, in the Bible. But we get to the end of their story and we're given this detail. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So the shepherds find baby Jesus. They're there with Mary and Joseph. They're amazed at what they've just experienced. They've ran to see this thing. Uh, they worship the baby and all of that. And then they leave that place. And the story just says they begin to tell people. They begin to spread the word is what the, the, the language that we have They begin telling, what what, what are they telling them? There's no question that they're telling people their story. They're saying, bro, an angel showed up. And and, and I'm sure the people are like, yeah, I'm sure you saw an angel, okay? What were you guys doing out in the field anyway? Okay, but an angel shows up and, and they're telling people. We saw it. They were talking to us. And then we went and saw the baby. That the Savior has been born, and they're telling people what they saw, what they heard, but they're also telling people that a Messiah has been born. What it says, what the angel, what the Lord told them, they're telling them that in that way, and it's this beautiful thing how they found the Messiah. The story says that all who heard what the shepherds said were amazed, they're amazed, and listen. As followers of Jesus, we should always be looking to bring people along in our journey with Jesus. In in your spiritual life, it should not just be you and you alone. We should be always constantly, 100%, we should be looking to bring people with us in this journey. We just talked about our kids, that's a part of this in, in a way, but we are meant to be As followers of Christ, the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're meant to live just as as though Jesus was here right now. And what did Jesus do? Constantly out to talking to people, people who no one else cared about, people who were off in all sorts of messy situations. Jesus is inviting all of them in all the time to the story of what God has done. Okay, we're we're supposed to do that. We tell people God's story. The greatest story ever told. A story that God loved us so much that he sent his son to be born in the most humble way. Born to live on earth. Live to be human and to feel what we feel and know what we know and experience what we experience. Like, gods aren't supposed to do that. It's special. Yet, as humans... We made such a mess of this entire thing. And God responds with grace and mercy and love. It's the story of the, it's called the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And there is hope and there is forgiveness and there is peace and grace and all of this. For those who call on the name of Jesus, we are to grab people by the hand and bring them along with us on this journey. We're to have conversations in coffee shops and with family members, and we're to invite people to be a part of our church, and and we're to move people along in their spiritual journey. This is the call of who we are and what we are supposed to be. And this season right here is a golden opportunity because we have an entire month in our culture that is actually built around something spiritual. Even though it's got all sorts of junk intermingled with it in different ways, okay, some good, some bad, and we understand all of that. The entire month here of the Christmas season is is an open door for you to have conversations with the people you work with and to bring them along on the journey. In, In your mind right now, just think of somebody Who who is it in your life that you can bring along on this journey? A neighbor, a friend, a family member. Who is it? What does it look like for me? That's the question I'm asking to bring someone along with me as I lean in and run towards Jesus this holiday season. Music team, will you please come? I love this story. I love the story of the shepherds. And what's, what's so cool is that next week, as we look at the story of the wise men, it's like in every single way, they're opposites, the wise men and the shepherds. We're gonna look at that. It's, it's fascinating. You got poor people and rich people and rural people and city folk and okay, Jewish people and pagan people and like the list goes on and on. It, it's, an, it's a weird thing. That what this thing that has happened. But what a, what a crazy story that we have. Mary and Joseph and their story and all the craziness that goes into that. And then we add these lowly, dirty, stanky shepherds who come from the field in the middle of the night. They're sleeping out there with the sheep. And in a supernatural moment, they are wake awakened, to the power of God and what he has done. And they come running to see this thing that has happened and they worship and they lean in and they're just in this expectant moment of what, I've got to go see what has happened. And they walk out of that place and they begin to grab the hands of everyone around them and say, I've got to tell you. What a story, what a story. And I believe, in a way, there's a pattern that we can follow. That this can be different for you. That this can be significant for you. That as a church family, we can find spiritual growth as we are awakened to what God has done in a, no, in a new way. And so, God, we we just pray. We pray for this season as we approach Christmas as we have lights up and trees with presents, as there are movies and all sorts of beautiful things that is the Christmas season. God, help us to enjoy this time with family. Help us to sincerely have a special season, God, in so many different ways. But Lord, I pray, I pray that this would be more than that. I pray that we would experience you and your goodness and your mercy and your glory and we'd be awakened to this all over again. God, for some of us in this place who who we've responded to the message of Jesus decades ago, and we've forgotten what it's like, I pray God that this would be a season where we are reminded of who we are without you and what you have done and how you have transformed things for us and our family. Let us be filled with gratitude. And I pray that we would be motivated to bring people along. We love you, God. In your name we pray.